Hey guys, welcome back. Another episode of the All In Podcast. This is episode 12. I'm one of the co-hosts, Mike Badzik, joined as always by my co-host, Eli Cooper. What's up, homie? What's up, man? How's it going? It's going good. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see a third uh, third screen joining us today. Uh, if you're listening, then then um, Taylor and Sizzle is with us, a, a former guest on the Mikey and Friends. If you were a listener there, he was our gambling guru. Uh, thanks for joining us, Taylor. What's up, man? How's it going? Good to be on. Uh, yeah, I haven't done a podcast since the, since I think I went 11 and 2. Uh, yeah. I don't even remember what week it was, but gave some good picks. And then I retired early, so but I'm back yeah. out of retirement, so good to be back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you definitely went out on a high note. Uh, I think I think 12 and 2, actually. So I, I think on the year, you were like close to 70% on the spread fix, so. Yeah, don't check my fan. Don't check my fan account there. Yeah, right, right, right. So, so uh, we are today doing a NBA draft mock uh, mock draft for the lottery picks. Um, so that's why we have Taylor on. He's kind of an NBA draft guru. You know, he's a gambling addict. You probably don't know. He's also an insomniac. So when everyone else is sleeping, he's up watching and gambling on Australian and Chinese and European basketball games. <laughs> so uh, he's well versed on all the European guys and you know just the basketball fans. So he knows this stuff. First, we do want to talk about some other stuff we got going on at the All In Network. Um, our website, allinnetwork.net. We just posted today another article by our friend Dan Thiel. So thanks to Dan for posting that. Really good article about uh, white privilege and the burden that white people share in this fight against racism that America's in. Definitely, highly recommend checking that out. Uh, we've also got the articles Eli's done and the articles I've posted. Following this podcast, I'm going to post our first big board for the NBA draft, but I wanted to do the podcast first so we could each kind of get some thoughts in and then I'll post that. Um, so that's going on with the website. What else is going on with us, Eli? So uh, our sister podcast, All In with Rain and Bliss, uh, is just six days away. Um, well, by the time you guys are hearing it, it'll be five. Yeah. Um, they are currently recording episodes now, uh, getting ready to release some previews leading up into their debut. Uh, we're really excited for them. They're going to the network, you know, and and let us know what girls are really thinking is the mm-hmm. is the theme of their podcast. Um, so it's going to be interesting, I think, for guys and girls to tune into. Um, you know what I mean? To, to get their perspective on topics and things like that. Um, so make sure you guys follow them on Twitter at all in rain and bliss. Um, and you know, they're looking for, you know, topics that you guys want to hear. So make sure you, you know, reach out and, and give them some topics and them some stuff to talk about in their first few episodes. And at the end of the show today, we're going to tease, um, another special guest that we'll be having on Monday show. Um, so stay tuned uh, to the end to hear who we're bringing on next. Yeah, uh, we're excited about Monday's show. It's going to be a really cool interview. Um, also, you know, just for the YouTube and the Apple, if you're enjoying the podcast, if you're enjoying the videos, make sure to hit the subscribe button. Give us a thumbs up if you like what we're doing. Um, turn on your alerts so you know when we're dropping. All that stuff really helps us as a network. Um, so we are going to do mock draft of the lottery so we're gonna sim a lottery here 
and then we're going to kind of just take turns. We'll go Taylor, Coop, and then me making picks, and then we'll all kind of discuss um, all the picks. So I am going to hit this sim lottery thing right now. I'm on tankathon.com. Um, so let's do this. <laughs> okay, this turned out this this turned out interesting. Okay, so we got 14 is Portland. They keep their pick. I'm writing these down as we go. New Orleans is 13. They keep their pick. 12 is Sacramento. They keep their pick. 11 is the Spurs. They keep their pick. Phoenix is 10. They keep their pick. Nine is Charlotte. So they fell a, they fell a spot. Eight is the Knicks. So bad luck for the Knicks. They fall two spots. Detroit is seven. They fell two spots. Six is Minnesota. They fell three spots. Oh, five is Golden State. So they fell from one to five. Four is Chicago. They got a big boost. Okay, so top three we have Washington, Cleveland, and Atlanta are the top three candidates. So three is Cleveland. Two is Washington, and that means the first pick will be someone to play alongside Trey Young in Atlanta. Probably the hardest team to draft for because uh, you don't know what kind of piece you want to put next to Trey Young. Um, so, so it's going to go Atlanta, Washington, Cleveland, Chicago, Golden State, Minnesota, Detroit, Knicks, Hornets, Suns, Spurs, Kings, Pelicans, and Blazers. So before we start Taylor what's your overall thoughts on the draft class as a whole so this draft class there's not I mean there's not a clear-cut number one right yeah so I mean you could say there's three or four potential potentially really good players um somebody that's on my top three in my top three is kind of more of a plug-and-play guy you know and that's just kind of how this how this draft is, is going now, going from like four to 15, from what I have ranked, a lot of good role players down the board. A lot of good plug-and-play guys, 3 and D kind of guys, people that, you know, I think could fit in nicely around them. So, I mean, it's not a flashy draft, but I think it could be a productive draft looking forward. Like over the next couple of years, I think we could look back and, you know what, there's not a lot of all-stars in this draft, but there's a lot of valuable pieces to, you know, potentially good teams. Yeah, I'm calling this the role-player draft. Um, cause there is a couple guys to have the high ceilings to, to be top all-star level. I don't see it with a lot of these guys, but I, but I think you're right. I think there is 10 to 15 solid role player, maybe, maybe five to seven guys who are going to be starters in the league for, you know, eight years. It's just a matter of digging through all of the mess. Agreed, agreed. I think there's a lot of good, um, you know, pieces uh, that you can, you know, use as as role players or, you know, high quality, you know, guys who can fit into a starter five or even off the bench. Um, like, yeah, there's there's three guys who you really look at that jump off the page. I and, and there's, you know, one guy I think that has star potential, um, who's, who's a little bit of a sleeper who we'll get to. Um, and, you know, I think as far as the entire draft goes, even outside the lottery, there's a lot of like good players who could, you know, turn into, you know, quality guys in the league, good six men, stuff like yeah. that. So it's nothing, not a draft to sneeze at at all. I don't think it's like, 
um, you know, the the Anthony Bennett like draft class. You know what I mean? I, I thought that one was pretty bad, but you know, but it could be. It's got guys. potential to be. It's got potential. It to does, be. and especially yeah. with the number one pick, it's got potential to be an Anthony Bennett type. Duh. There's no surefire Anthony Davis, Derrick Rose. There's no none of those guys. Yeah. Um, and Eli, I. I think I have a feeling I know who your sleeper is going to be, but I won't. Say, I won't say it until you give. It. I won't say it until you give it. Okay. Uh, so Taylor, you are the Atlanta Hawks GM, and you are on the clock. Who are you putting next to Trey Young? So, you know, I hate I hate the idea of drafting for Atlanta around three or four. Just probably for one reason is because if Lamella Ball is still there or not. You know, they just drafted or they just picked up Clint Capella. So there's a couple mm-hmm. nice centers that I like. I do like that I got stuck with them at one, right? It makes the selection actually easy for me. Uh, I'm going to take Anthony Edwards, the yep. uh, 6'5 uh, guard out of Georgia. Um, 6'5, 225, 6'9 wingspan, 18 year old kid. Um, just like first impressions, a lot, of, a lot of my, you know, scouting, you know, watching videos of these guys, you know, remembering you know, college games that I've, I've seen. The first thing that comes out, comes off the, off the screen is just like his explosiveness, his athleticism. Right. He's a relentless finisher, explosive athlete. Um, you know, he has really good, he has a good body, 6'5", 225. I think he can be a great defender. Um, mm. See how the, how, how the motor would be, how that translates to the next level. Um, could be a potential knock on him, but I think he's got the build for, to be a great athlete. And, and he and a lot of a lot of times it's like, yeah, these guys get drafted, these six five, six six wings. Yeah, they're a good defender, they have good potential, but you never know how it's gonna translate in right. the next level. But I do think, you know, he's he's a quick bucket getter. Um one of the games I did watch him play was against Michigan State. He scored thirty three in the second half of mm-hmm. I think it was the Maui invitational. You know, he he's just a smooth smooth player, smooth shot creator, can create his own shot. Um, another knock would be, you know, maybe he did shoot 30% from three, but I think a lot yeah. of that was questionable, questionable shot selection. So I think if he can clean that up, um, maybe let Trey Young take the questionable shots at the next level, which, which I'm sure he, he will, he'll take, he, oh, yeah. maybe he can take, take some smarter shots and, you know, and fit a good stable role there in Atlanta. Yeah. I had Edwards, uh, ranked number three on my board overall. But I think he does make the most sense for Atlanta. I definitely would not put LaMelo Ball next to Trey. Um, Wiseman, I think, would be the other guy who makes some sense there. But, you know, they have Capella, and I think that they're, they want to pair him with Trey. Anthony Edwards, you know, streaky shooter. The, the basketball IQ is a question, right? Um, yeah. But, yeah, if him and Trey can feed off of each other and kind of share the burden there, I, I think it makes sense. You know, the, the three-point shooting. So, I'm a big guy. This is just something I do. And I think that the data backs this up. But I look less at three-point percentage and more at free-throw percentage. I don't know if you've ever heard that. But that's, like, that's the thing. I guess that correlates better. Because I don't know if it's just, like, the way they work on it or the form or whatever. But it seems like free-throw percentage translates better. So, he's a good free-throw uh, shooter, 77%. But, yeah, a little streaky. Yeah, I also went with Edwards at the number one pick here, um, you know, and, and the, for the reason, you know, that Mike just mentioned, they traded for Capella midseason. Wouldn't really make sense to, you know, go with Wiseman in that case. Um, and I think, you know, I think 
everything that is there is to say about Edwards has been said, you know, physical freak of nature. Um, he jumps off the page. I think he has D Wade type, you know, potential as far as his athleticism goes. Um, like you guys said, he has to get more efficient. I think he has to develop a mid range game to, to kind of do that, you know, not to overutilize it, but to just add that into his arsenal. So he's a three level scorer. Um, you know, like you said, the free throw percentage, um, you know, is a better indicator than the, than the 29 or 30% that he shot from three. Um, and I think with, with the improved like floor spacing, I think you see efficient efficiency get a little bit better for him. Um, plus I think Taylor made a strong point. You got Trey young there ball's going to be in his hands less. It's going to force him to, you know, I mean, pick his spots better. Um, so I think that's, you know, and also John Collins, like there's going to be a lot of guys in that offense that get touches, Cam Reddish, uh, Huerta, when he comes off the bench, like the Hawks have a good young core that isn't going to, you know, rely on him to be the go-to guy, which I think is actually good for him. Right. You know, it gives him an opportunity to learn about shot selection and focus on defense because that's, what's really going to help him get on the floor. If he can be a two-way guy, you know what I mean? That way they can kind of hide Trey Young. Um, you know, in important games and things like that. You got him and DeAndre Hunter on your, on your wings. Um, Collins at the four and the five. I mean, Collins mm-hmm. at the four and, and Capella at the five. Like, that's a very good defensive lineup if Edwards, you know, locks in on, on that. And that would give the Hawks, you know, you get – and you bring uh, Huerta and, and Cam Reddish off the bench. That's a scary, like, top – scary young top seven right there, man. I, I really – I think he's the best fit by far. Uh, for the Hawks at the number one pick. Okay, you're on the clock with Washington at number two then. That's also a tough spot with uh, Beal and Wall. Yeah, it is because – and I honestly, I think if they were to get this pick, um, it kind of forced them into a decision on, like, what they're going to do, you know what I mean, um, as far as is it tanking time or what. But I think here um, Wiseman makes the most sense for Washington um, after they took Rui – Hachimura, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, um, last year with the number nine pick gives them a nice, you know, power forward spot. Um, I think Wiseman at the five would give them, you know, at least someone who could pick and roll uh, offensively and give them some athleticism, some interior defense with shot blocking, a, a potential rim protector. Um, you know, he's got to get stronger, of course, but uh, and he's got to get a little more disciplined. He leaves his feet a little bit too much, you know, when trying to attempt to block shots. Um, and obviously, you know, we saw a limited amount of him at Memphis, so we're not 100% sure, like, how fluent his offensive game is, you know, as far as, like, his own shot creation from, you know, down down low on the block or even from mid-range on in. Um, he hasn't demonstrated that he's really willing to shoot the three. I think if he can add that to his game, that would make him lethal. Um, so extending his range is going to be the big thing for him. Uh, but I think at the number at the number two pick for Washington Wiseman makes the most sense. What do you have on Wiseman, Taylor? Well, I think uh, Eli, I think you covered it pretty well. One thing I do have is I think he's got potential to be a good shooter. I think he can space the floor. Um, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I, he did shoot. He shot seventy percent from the line. So like what Mike said earlier, he he yep. shows that ability. I did like his touch around the rim, and he's a lefty, so you know he's inevitably look, smooth looking jump shot. So. <laughs> so if you look at his per thirty sixes just at Memphis, you'd be like, holy shit, this guy is gonna be Shaquille O'Neal. Um, I think <laughs> so. He's actually number one overall on my big board. 
um, that I'm going to be putting out tomorrow. I, I, I like it. I think that he's a good, you know, if nothing else, he's going to be, he's going to be a guy who right away is someone who can play pick and roll and dive to the hoop efficiently and still have touch if he's fading out. Uh, Good feet. Seven one, maybe put some size on him. You know, the, I guess the knock is he's kind of got like a soft reputation right now, but you know, he was the number one guy coming out of high school. I think guys who are number one at high school typically have a weird soft thing, especially when they're a bigger guy, it just feels a little different. Um, yeah. But elite athleticism, good frame for his age. That'll probably improve to probably um, put on some muscle at some point. I think that he makes sense for the number one pick. If it holds true and the Warriors get the number one pick, I think that they go with him. Um, but yeah, he, he's number one on my big board. So then I have the third pick with Cleveland. And this is kind of tough because, you know, I said I had Wiseman was one and Edwards was three. So LaMelo Ball's obviously two on my big board. And Killian Hayes is four on my big board. So, but, you know, like I like Colin Sexton. I think that Colin Sexton is a legitimate piece that you can build around. If he's playing the shooting guard, that's fine with me. But, you know, last year they spent their first first round pick. They have to, um, the first first round pick on Darius Garland. So you kind of wonder, like, what's the fit? How does it work if you draft LaMelo Ball here? Are you just saying, you know, we're going to try to make it work with three guards? Or are you saying, Garland, whatever, we messed up. Let's for now. I don't know. Because Ball, and we'll talk about Ball with whoever picks him. Um, but he's, he's a work in progress still. Right. So I don't know if he necessarily is going to come in and it justifies taking those minutes away from Sexton and Garland right at the beginning. So, so I think with the third pick with Cleveland, eh, I should probably take ball, but I'll take Anyeka Okungwu, freshman from USC. Wow. So six, nine, two forty-five. He's only 19 and a half explosive, explosive, explosive athlete as a power forward center hybrid. Super explosive. He's efficient around the rim. He's got good touch, good feet. Um, so my my ceiling player comp is probably Bam. Um, the offense is what needs work, um, but I think that that will come at, with age. USC, you know, he, he had no case season, but it wasn't great. But I think that they weren't using him super correctly. I think that he makes sense as a as a fit draft piece. For Cleveland, I would not be scared to take him at three, even with um, even with Lamelo board, Lamelo on the board. Maybe that was a risk. Interesting. No, the first thing that jumped off when I when I saw, you know, uh, a Kongwu is yeah, his explosiveness, just a crazy athlete. He is six nine, but he's a seven one wingspan. I mean, he doesn't look undersized. I understand Pac twelve, you know, it depends on who you're playing, but you know he. You know, he plays with his, his frame really well. He, he has a big presence, good pick-and-roll player as the big guy. Um, and he did, he did score like 16 points a game, and he doesn't have a great, great post, you know, post game. I think he's one of the best defensive players in the draft, arguably the best, the best defensive big man in the draft. So yeah, I would overall, say I think one or two. I cringed when you picked him because I really liked him for my not, – maybe not here, but I was hoping he'd fall a little bit. I do like that yeah. So who'd you have at three then, Taylor? Ah, number three. So so Taylor has the four pick with four Chicago. Oh, okay. So four for Chicago. Okay, man. All right, let's see. I'll pick the board out. 
four was Chicago, and Lamelo Ball is still there. <laughs> I was hoping one of you guys would pick Lamelo Ball. Yeah, but, he's such a tough. Um. On my board, I think I have Obi Toppin um, on my board, but I'm not going to take him yet, right? I do like the I do like the big guys in Cleveland right now. I do like, you know, Wendell Carter. And I do like Laurie Markkinen. Um, man, one guy that I really that I really really liked, you know, in this draft that I, I do like during this in this draft is Tyrese Halliburton. Oh, I love Halliburton. I think I'm going to take him with the fourth pick. Right from oh, Iowa State. Oh shit! <laughs> I know, right? Is that crazy? No, I like it. I like it. I mean, he, like he's so, here, so let's do, so let's do this. Let's do this then. So I think that there's probably five point guards who are gonna go in the lottery. Maybe not all in the lottery, but probably in the top sixteen or seventeen. Okay. And that's and that's Lamelo, uh, Killian Hayes, Halliburton, Cole Anthony. And the last one is the Alabama kid. Um, what's his name? Kira Lewis Jr. Kira Lewis. So let's start with this. And how about we rank those? Rank those five point guards for me, Taylor. Because okay. that'll help. That'll help uh, do this. Okay, that's fair. I might jump the gun. And a the way bit. I the way I just listed them is how I have them ranked: Lamelo, Killian Hayes, Halliburton, Cole Anthony, and then um, Kira Lewis last. So what I have is I have Lamelo, Halliburton, Hayes, and then I have Anthony, and then Lewis last. Yeah. So. So we have the we just have Hayes and Halliburton flips. Yeah. Yep. Um, how do you have them? How do you have them, Coop? Same order? Yes. Or close. So I have Lamelo. Um, I have Halliburton second. Um, I'm a homer, so I'm picking Cole Anthony third. (laughs) And then uh, Hayes and and Lewis round out the top five. Okay. But, Taylor, you're taking Halliburton over LaMelo here? I am. I don't know. Something about LaMelo. He has – I think he has potential to be a multiple-time all-star. I don't know why. I don't know what it is about him. I I don't really trust him taking him with Mm -hmm. a top five pick. Now, that being said, you could argue about Halliburton at Iowa State. Um, didn't really translate into wins for Iowa State. Kind of underwhelming performances in the Big 12. Mm-hmm. But right when – my initial thought when I watched this guy is how fluid he is, right? How yeah. just fluid he is running the pick and roll, um, his game in transition. He does have a seven seven-foot wingspan. He finishes at the rim in a bunch of different ways. Good touch, good floater. Um, I don't know. He he's a he's a good shooter at forty percent. The second yeah. thought about him is he's got a set shot. It's funky, <laughs> it's, right? It's kind of off-putting. Yeah. You know, to see somebody that big and that athletic, and then just I don't know. You you don't even know what's coming. It's it's kind of goofy. But I mean, forty percent from three. I I mean, uh, he's not going to be. I mean, if he's a spot-up shooter, he's got an open shot. He's got a high release point with a seven-foot wing wingspan. I think. The jumper will be fine. He'll probably develop a little bit of that. But um, a couple reports say he's a great character guy, you know. Yeah. And he's an all-around, really good all-around player. Averages 15, 6-6 six six with 2.5 steals a game. A lot of those have to do with him taking risks, not being, a, you know, a great defensive player. But he does, does take a lot of risks. He, he succeeds a lot. 
But just watching yeah. this guy is so fluid. Uh, I don't know. I, I like him over LaMelo just because of the unknown from LaMelo. I think Tyrese has – I think I'm just more secure in that in that selection. And, and one more thing, uh, w- with Chicago, I think, you know, I think Kobe White and uh, Zach Levine, I think they would – I think it, he would compliment them well, being the primary ball handler in that situation. Yeah. Coop, you're our resident point guard. What's your what's your takeaways on Halliburton? Um, yeah, I like his game. You know, he's he's solid, um, very long, athletic, um, and had a big jump from his freshman to sophomore year um, at Iowa State, which is, um, you know, to me is is shows a lot. He's got to mm-hmm. get stronger. He is a at six five. He's only around one eighty five, so he's got to yep. put some weight on. Um, but yeah, I think. I think he's a he's a better fit for the Bulls than Lamelo would be at this spot, um, which kind of puts them in a tough spot because, um, especially since you know Mike took the other the only other big guy who's you know probably top five caliber, mm-hmm. um, you know. But but you already have Kobe White, you don't and and Zach Levine. You you certainly don't need Lamelo Ball, who's a score score first kind of point guard. I think. Um, right. I think Halliburton would would be the better fit with the Bulls, so I'm, I don't mind him taking um, him over Ball. When you factor in the team here, and you're, you're not looking at like star potential, you're looking at fit at yeah. that point. And and how Kobe White played in the second half of the year is is encouraging. So you don't you really don't want to give up on him, which is essentially what you would be doing if you took a guy like Lamelo Ball here. So I think that's a good pick. Yeah, I actually am really high on Halliburton. So, like, something we talk about is floor and ceiling. So, he's yeah. high floor, low ceiling, right? I think that he's going to be a solid player. I don't see any way that he's a bust. Um, yeah. Super high basketball IQ. I I think that that almost gets overlooked nowadays when we talk about point guards. Like, mm-hmm. he he's a leader on the floor. He's a little bit older for his job. I mean, he's 20. So, yeah. that, I mean, that's older. A lot of these guys are 19, 18. So, um, but yeah, he shoots it well from three. Funky, funky shot form, but it goes in. Leader, uh, kind of reminds me of uh, Monte Morris when he came out of Iowa State uh, a couple years ago. So okay, so then Good Coop, comparison. you, Coop, you have Golden State with the fifth pick. Your your team actually. Your yeah. Team, kind of, well, really. I'm I'm a Steph fan. I'm a Steph. Yeah, fan. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so I, I it'd be super unfortunate for them first of all to fall to five and then have. Um, Onyeka come off the board at you know at three um, with yes. Mike stealing him there. Um, so if I'm the GM, I'm actually trading this pick. I was gonna ask, <laughs> are we trading this pick? <laughs> um, but no, I don't. I don't know if we're if we're since we're not trading picks. I'm gonna go with Isaac Okoro, um, like the the wing uh, from Auburn, and the reason here is fit. Uh, you're talking about a team who's getting Clay Thompson back. Uh, just recently made a trade for Andrew Wiggins, um, and really the only other like spot in their starting five that's up for grabs is the five. But they apparently really like Chris anyway. So, and there's not really a five here to take at the number five slot. So if they have to stay at this spot, they got to take Okoro. Uh, I think he's something that they need. Uh, he probably really wouldn't start for them, but he gives them an immediate, you know, wing defender who can guard two through four. Um, I think even when you go small ball, he can go down and guard the four position. Um, You're not going to really ask for much from him offensively, you know, with Steph and Clay um, and even Andrew Wiggins now. 
um, you know, and the talent that they have. So he's really kind of a guy that and be the, you know, lockdown defender. I think he, he fills the Iguodala role. Obviously he won't be as good as Iguodala right away. You know? that, yeah. like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to put that kind of pressure on him, but that's the role he's going to play. Right. Is when he comes in and they go to Dre at the five, they probably slide him to the four, um, you know what I mean? To pick and, and start pushing pace. Um, and I think that would, that's going to be great for his development. You know, him had not having to be, you know, a go-to scorer or anything like that at that spot. So I, I like Okoro here at the fifth spot. Yeah, I like Okoro too. Um, now he's tough and he can really he can finish at the rim. So Jimmy Butler would be my ceiling comparison, but right now he has no shot. He cannot shoot yeah, yeah. a lick. He, I mean, he's it's it's bad right now. It's totally inconsistent. Yeah. Um, the form is totally inconsistent. He doesn't make them. That's the biggest question. But I think he's a day one uh, go out and guard the best player on the other team. Maybe not for them because of the guys they have, but he has that has that potential. Um, yeah. You like you like Okora Taylor? Yeah, I do. I do. He's he's like a two way flashing guy, explosive athlete, explosive dunker. I think I've been saying explosive too much in this podcast already. But <laughs> I mean, that's he just kind of jumps out on the on the screen. He can. Yeah. Uh, one of my notes is. He can guard any position, one through four. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I can see him being very versatile, very switchable. And he did have inconsistent shot mechanics. It's really kind of chunky, clunky shot. Yeah. But you never know. I mean, maybe Golden State, maybe in the right, you know, support system, he could, you know, develop into a good enough shooter. Mm-hmm. Be an elite defender on one end, be a good enough shooter, kind of like Iguodala is. You know, Iguodala is not a great three-point shooter, but he makes open. he can make open shots and he can make big shots. So yeah, if yeah. he can develop into something like that, I think I think Golden State gets whoever gets him is great value. No, you're good. I said if you're Bob Myers, are you packaging this pick with Wiggins and trying to flip it, or are you keeping the pick? Oh, I'm trading it. Yeah, I'm trading it. I don't I I don't want some a situation to happen where they get a top three pick and he doesn't play. Right? Like, yes. I mean, they pick they pick wise they get number one they pick Wiseman. Okay, do they trust Wiseman in the playoffs? Are they just like putting him on the shelf for when? Right? I don't. Yeah. I don't want the risk of one of these young players that need need to develop. I mean, they'd have be in a good system, but you know, they'd be an immediate role player. They wouldn't really have time to grow. I, I would just be afraid of that. I'm trading the pick for somebody. Uh, I don't know. I couldn't tell you who, but yeah, throw Wiggins in there. Yeah, get a value I'm trading it too. Get a good piece. Yeah, yeah, I'm trading the pick as well for all the reasons that Taylor just said. Um, so I have the sixth pick with Minnesota. I think I have to take LaMelo ball at this point, but again, it's like, because he's, and, and this is another article I want to write for, want to write for our website is like, what the hell? Like we have a, there is a pandemic going around in AAU basketball and high school basketball. And it is the pandemic of score first point guards. Because it just – and Eli might not like that as a former point guard who scored a lot. But <laughs> but uh, I'm just saying, like, it, a lot of times it doesn't work. It's not conducive to winning a lot of the time when the guy who dribbles the ball up is also the primary offensive guy. Um, so that's the reason I don't like LaMelo. But I think that because they have D'Angelo Russell and he's on the other side, if they had any other shooting guard – I think I would take Killian Hayes, but Killian Hayes is so, so left-hand dominant 
so left-hand dominant that I don't think I can have him with D'Angelo Russell. Um, so I, I will take LaMelo Ball with Minnesota. So just on LaMelo, super high basketball IQ, um, great vision, great passing, all the same um, superlatives in that regard as Lonzo has. The shot, still questionable. Um, the defense, super questionable. Actually, more like non-existent. Um, so it's a risk, I think. But I don't know. I think you have to take him at some point. He's a six-seven point guard, good size, good vision. Uh, I, I think I go with Lamelo. You like Lamelo, Coop? I love Lamelo's game, um, and I think he's he's evolved. Well, let me start. Actually, let me let me rewind. I hated Lamelo's game when he was a freshman and <laughs> a sophomore. Uh, so let me let me go back and say that he I, I hated it. I watched videos of it. You can go back and check my Twitter search at. El one underscore coop Lamelo Ball. You will see very not good tweets about him uh, three yep. years ago um, because his shot selection was poor. If he played against good defenders, they locked him up. But then he just shot up out of nowhere. Yeah. Like he went from like six one to six 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 seven out of nowhere in a in mm-hmm. a year. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, his game changed. The pace of his play changed. His uh, his vision got so much better. And that's the thing I love about big point guards. Uh, you know, I, I'm actually more of a, you know, I'm a big point guard who, who sees the floor. I only really scored when I needed to. Um, and I think LaMelo Ball, when he grew, it, it, it affected his vision. And you can see it because now he sees over defenders. He can see oh, things yeah. as it's happening. Um, and I think that really separated him. Now, um, he absolutely has concerns. You know, he has to get better defensively. However, I think he can be a good defender. He has the tools. I don't think that's the issue. Um, it's an effort thing, which is hard to teach, um, you know, especially. Yeah. Have a ton of veterans, like, you know, you know kicking him around mm-hmm. and, and teaching him, you know, the importance of defense. But, um, and I really, I mean, even at six, I, I don't really love the fit with, uh, D'Angelo Russell, but like Minnesota's in the position where like they just need to acquire talent. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't think I don't think they can be choosy. Um, and you're talking about one of the top three talents in the draft. You, I think you have to, um, you have to take him at this spot. So, um, yeah, at six, you're getting star quality power, and you know he can also play. I think he can play off the ball. You know, and so can D'Angelo Russell. I think they can make that work, but both yeah. of them would have to get tremendously better defensively. Um, for that to work long term, what's the ball report, Taylor? So, I do like Lamelo Ball. Right, he's elite, elite passing vision. I think best passing vision um, of, in the draft. Um, mm-hmm. Now, he he can shoot. I mean, he just questionable shot selection. Great Twitter uh, video, kind of all star. Yep. You know, like he's watching plays. Like, yeah, he's fun to watch. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Um, defensively, obvious issues with him being what 180 pounds at six eight, mm-hmm. right? Who's he gonna guard? Yeah. What's his lateral quick quickness like? Like, but I think Lonzo Ball, Lonzo, his older brother, had similar, um, yeah, you know, critiques and potential. And Lonzo ends up is a great team defender, right? One thing, um, you know, I didn't play basketball at a, at a super high level, high school, but if you if you have elite passing vision on one end. You know, there's no way that that doesn't translate a little bit on the other, right? Sure. You can be able to anticipate passing lanes. Um, you know, I, I don't see defense being a huge problem, but maybe in Minnesota with 
uh, D'Lo, you know, that's yeah. not an ideal fit. But at number six, I don't think you can take anybody else with this pick. I agree. Yes. So, um, and I don't know, like the defense, I think you're right, Taylor. I think that he will improve. And this is something, too, that we saw with the other kid um, who went to New uh, RJ Hampton. He is another guy. You look at his draft grade, and I'm sure that he'll probably get picked in this maybe. But we'll talk about him. Same issue, right? Defense. There's no – this footwork's terrible. Off ball, bad. I don't know if that should be a, such a knock on them or more so a knock on, well, these guys didn't go play college basketball. They didn't have college basketball coaches who preach defense. The style of league they were in, the reason they were there, more so LaMelo than RJ, was to put on a show. Um, so I, I think that he's got the tools to, to get better, similar to Alonzo. The, the other thing about him, are you hesitant to draft him at all? Taylor, you go first and then Eli. Are you hesitant to draft him at all because of LeVar? You care? In Minnesota? No. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, Lonzo seems like he's doing pretty well in uh, New Orleans. Uh, yeah. Not a lot of chatter from LeVar. But the Lakers, I mean, there's reports that the Lakers teammates didn't really like him. Like, they mm-hmm. kind of were kind of tired of it. Right? I haven't heard anything in New Orleans. I think if uh, he fell one – Two more picks to the Knicks. Maybe I'm thinking that. Maybe similar situation to the Knicks. Mm. I don't know. He's a he's an LA guy though. Maybe it was. A thing. I don't know. Maybe it was yeah. an LA thing. I I don't think so. I I think anywhere but the Lakers. I think you take a chance on the guy, right? If if you're confident with him, I think you take him. I think he's he's got all star potential. Yeah, I mean, his Lavar's toned it down quite a bit since mm-hmm. Lonzo's got traded. I I think, and especially since they had that whole debacle. Like Lonzo's kind of been like, okay, like it's time for you to, you know, step aside. And that's really, um, I, I think he's kind of figured it out. Like LeVar has kind of figured it out. Like, okay, I, I kind of let, need to let my, you know, sons, um, you know, live their own lives. So right. I don't think, um, and I think LaMelo's like strong headed enough to be able to handle himself. He's practically been an adult for three years now with the amount of media scrutiny that family's gotten. So, mm-hmm. you know, he, he'll be fine. And you're drafting the player, uh, you know, if the player is good enough and, you know, he's not, and, and LeVar's not going to complain if his son's performing. So, you know, it yeah. is what it is. Yeah. And just to, to wrap that up, uh, if, if I'm a team and I'm saying, well, I want to draft this guy, but I don't think I can draft him because the dad is such a distra- If his dad is such a distraction, well, I think I need to look at my organization more yeah, than I need facts. to look at the player and his dad. Yeah, um, so, okay. So, Taylor, you are on the clock with Detroit. Remember, you're ready. So, Detroit. So, I like so – there's two clear-cut picks for this. I think you guys would both agree. Um, I like the fit of Killian Hayes here as the point guard. Mm-hmm. But I think I mentioned earlier – that Obi Toppin is number three, was number three on my big board. So I think I'm going to have to pick the num- my number three guy on my big board, right? Yeah. Um, there's a lot of unknown uh, with uh, the French point guard, Hayes. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of like solid, you know, like you mentioned before, maybe a low, a low ceiling, which maybe Detroit wants those, those high ceiling guys, but definitely, definitely high floor. Obi Toppin is my pick, 6'9", 220 pounds. Um, first impression is maybe it's against the A-10, but he's a, a man against boys, right? 
he gets to his spots whenever he wants to. Um, he does, he shows good, solid footwork, back down ability in the post. Uh, I don't know how well that's going to translate to the next level with actual, like, adults, you know, defending him. But another thing is he's he's a definite lob threat. That's the obvious um, obvious thing that you see, you see with Toppin. Good lob, mm-hmm. lob threat. And I really like his jumper. I like his three-point jumper. He's, you know, he has a quick release. He shot 39% from three. He only took two and a half a game. But he does show potential. Definitely shows potential in that regard. Um, you know, he was pretty much – he was widely regarded as the best college basketball player this season. Right? Oh, yeah, I, think I agree. Him, I think getting him at number seven, I think that's great great value with whoever it is. You can pair him with uh, Blake. Blake is a different player now. But, you know, he's kind of like a poor man's Blake Griffin. Right? That's, that's one thing that, yeah. you know, came to my mind. Now, the knock on him would – be defensively, right? Um, lateral quickness. I think he could. He would. It almost be a nightmare situation. Even though he's six nine, I don't like his matchup at all against any guard on a pick and roll switch defensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a great shot blocker. Kind of heavy, heavy footed sometimes um, defensively. But I think he's a definitely plug and play guy. He's a grown man, two twenty six nine. He fills his frame really well. Scored seventeen. 17 points, seven boards. Um, definitely, definitely solid pick. Explosive athlete again. So, I like Obi Toppin as well. Obi Toppin for me was the hardest guy to grade in this, yeah. probably this entire lottery. And because the other reason, the other thing that could, he could potentially fall, um, that you know he's an old man. He's 22 years old. He's a 22 year old sophomore last year. He's going to be the oldest player drafted probably in the first round. Um, so, but yeah, of course he is the explosive athlete. I like the, I like the poor man's Blake Griffin. My player comp was Amari, a high level. If he reaches his max would be Amari Stoudemire, but yeah, pick and pop, pick and roll. I think he can do either one lob threat. I think he's a plug and play. I think, yeah, high, high, high floor on him. Definitely. Yep. Agreed. Um, you know, the, the fit with Blake Griffin would be the question, but um, I mean, I, honestly, at this point, the Detroit might be looking to move Blake Griffin anyway. So, yeah. you know, you you probably have to see what happens there. But um, yeah, Obi Toppin is someone that I expected to go higher. And well, I mean, but with the way this lottery, you know, shook out, it, uh, you know, there's not really a team that was in that top six that he would have fit really well with, maybe Minnesota, but we, you know, obviously ball had to go there. So, um, yeah, I like, I like him. Don't love him. And again, Mike, like, like Mike said, he's 22 already. So that, that hurts his draft stock a little bit and his upside. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly a plug and play guy. So you have the eighth pick with the next coop. So, um, the Knicks here is tough, uh, at the eighth spot, especially, um, because Jesus isn't on the board. So uh, at this point, I think, I think they kind of have to take Killian Hayes. Um, they're in a position where I think they're in a position where they just have to yep. acquire talent. You know what I mean? And I don't know if they can necessarily afford to, um, 
think too much about fit. Plus, I don't know, you know, what their future is with Frank. Um, they didn't seem to love Dennis Smith Jr. either at the point guard spot. So, um, you know, I don't know that either of those guys are their future. So, yeah, I think, you know, Hayes is the, is the most talented player still left on the board at this point yeah. um, and a guy you got to go with. I considered Cole Anthony. I knew you did. I thought you were going with him. I thought you were picking Cole Anthony. <laughs> mostly because, I mean, it was tough because, you know, his, his father obviously was a former New York Nick. Um, and I think that would have been a, an excellent storyline, but I think you got to take it. I actually do like the fit of Cole Anthony, if if that were a possibility. But yeah, Killian Hayes probably improved more over this season than a lot of guys in this draft. He developed a really nice step back, sidestep shot. Um, you know, very left hand dominant. Uh, we'll see how that can pair with RJ Barrett there. Um, yeah. You know. 29% from three, but 88% from the free throw line. I mentioned that I like that indicator a little bit more. Uh, but I, I'm really high on Killian Hayes. Killian Hayes is number four on my big board. Um, maybe, maybe that's too high, but I don't know. I, I like him. It's tough when he's in Germany, not in college basketball. Uh, he, he struggles against athletic bigger guards, uh, not always able to break him down off the dribble. That would be probably the area of work, but I think he has a high upside, and I, I like Killian Hayes a lot. I like Killian Hayes as well. Um, really, really nice. Can develop into a really, really nice pick-and-roll ball handler. So, yeah, he can't break people uh, down off the dribble, but I think a lot of his game is going to be on the pick-and-roll. Um, yep. The player that he reminds me of is a young kind of Ohio State, Los Angeles Lakers, D'Angelo Russell. Yeah. He reminds me a lot of that, and, yeah, I don't think it'd be a good fit in Minnesota. Um, and for what it's worth, um, Kevin O'Connor from The Ringer did have him ranked number one. Maybe it was just to be a big-time curveball, but that's got to – I mean, it, it's worth something, right? Yeah. But I do I do like his game. He's got a smooth uh, mid-range game, pull-up floater, step-back jumper, loves his step-back jumper. Yep. Um, kind of, he kind of shoots from the chest. Which, but I mean, he does he does elevate on his on his jump shot. I don't think it's I don't think it's a problem. He does create. He does have the ability to create space, and not a crazy athletic player. But I think he plays at his own pace. Right, he can pick his spots nicely. He can use you know his quick first step, you know when he has to. You know he won't beat you up the dribble very often. But I think he's crafty enough and smart enough, you know, to play at his own pace and pick his own spots nicely. Okay, so then Killian Hayes is off the board to the Knicks, which means I have the ninth pick, which is the Hornets. And I actually really like what the Hornets have going on with Devontae Graham. Um, this pick, I am going to take a guy – I think I have this guy higher than most people, um, and that's Devin Vassell from Florida State. Love, love Devin Vassell. My high-end comparison is Paul George. Um, wow. I think he's right, right away a 3 and D guy. Um, super high basketball IQ. He's not a one-on-one scorer, um, but he's, he's a very capable and good passer and catch and shoot. He's, he's really good. Um, good size um, for his position and can, can come in right away and be, be a defensive, you know, starter for a team 
So I like Devin Vassell a lot. I'm I'm very high on him. I like that pick. I like Devin Vassell. Um, I I love that Florida State team in general, but Devin yeah. Vassell. Also, I like him. I like the fit here, you know, along with um, Devontae Graham and, and Terry Rozier in the back, you know, as their, their backcourt. They certainly could use a, a two-way, um, you know, guy who can play the two or the three um, mm-hmm. to fit into that starting five. So I, I like the fit there. Um, and I think, like you said, he projects well as a, a very good two-way player. No, I agree. Um I really like him. I was hoping uh, hoping to get him with the next pick, if we're being completely honest with you. Hmm. Um, but, you know, great two-way guy. That's 6'7", 6'10", wingspan. Great, yep. great team great team defender. I think he's, you know, he could be regarded as one of the best defenders, one, one of the best perimeter defenders in, in this draft. Shot 41% from three. He was the leading scorer at 12.7 a game. But, you know, that's kind of how the that Florida State team is run. Right? And yeah. he, he – he does play good help defense, but, you know, maybe that's part of the system. He's always in the right spot, it seems. Um, I really like that pick. Really oh, good plug-and-play guy, you know. I think he can he can make an impact now. I mean, with Charlotte, it is what it is. But I think he, he would fit in with that, that young core. Yeah. Okay, so then 10, Taylor has the Suns. All right. Now, I was going to pick Gossel, but oh, can't now. Crazy. So I'm gonna take now. I'm gonna take uh, Aaron Nes- Naismith from Van- Oh, oh! I oh, wanted this wow. guy so bad. I wanted him so. I'm all in <laughs> on this guy. I'm all in on this guy. Now the only thing you know, I was I was like, like I said before, I was gonna take take Vassal here, but you know, a lot of maybe Cam Johnson, um, you know, similarities. But yeah. dude is by far the best three point shooter. In this, uh-huh. in this draft. It's not close, right? He took about eight threes a game, made 52%. 52, it's insane. Unbelievable. This guy has great footwork. Um, uh-huh. I mean, they're, they scored 23 points a game, Vanderbilt. Um, now, their whole offense is run through him, but running off screens, running off pin downs, reading, you know, reading the screens really well. Um, fluid jump shot. Beautiful yeah. jump. Beautiful looking jumper. Good size, six six, two fifteen. He's not a great athlete, but I think he's got good good size, and I think he'll be a good team defender. I think he'll be a solid defender. I think he can grow into that role. Um, but I do love his. I do like his footwork uh, coming off the screen. Um, so I'm going to take Naismith. I think anybody can use a sharpshooter. Uh, mm-hmm. Playing off, you know, with Devin Booker, with uh, Ricky Rubio at the point, I think he could fit in nicely at the three position in Phoenix if he if he falls this far, which he probably will. I mean, this, he's kind of an underrated rated kind of player based on you know other mocks and what what have you that you know I've seen. Yeah, I think seven yeah. years ago he seven years ago he probably is a second round pick, but yeah. in this NBA, like I think everyone has a spot for a guy or at least is willing to take a chance on a guy like this. I mean, he's a, he's a flamethrower. That's, that's absolutely what he is. He's 52% unbelievable. Shoots it on the move coming off screens. He's able to get balanced very quickly, um, which is really impressive at a young age. And, you know, the defense is probably, I, I think my, my player comp would be a Denver J.R. Smith. I like that type of a game for him. Um, I, I love, uh, Naismith. I was. I have 
See, I have him actually 15 on my big board, but I, I was thinking even that was a little bit high. Uh, but Taylor grabbed him. Okay. Yeah, I like the pick too, um, especially because um, you think about it, even though Phoenix has Devin Booker, um, during his time, they've been one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the league uh, when you look at their team percentage. Um, so absolutely, they could use a shooter. Now, they're getting a little log jam there at the wing spot um, because they here and Kelly Uber's contract. Um, Uber's so they've, um, yeah, exactly. Very good for them. So um, he's probably coming off the bench in that scenario. And they also like Bridges. Bridges was very good for them too yeah. um, as a two-way you know, defender. So um, And there's not a lot of minutes at the two spot, obviously, with Devin Booker there. So they kind of have to figure a way to, to squeeze him in. Um, as far as playing time goes, he'd have a bit of a battle, but uh, they they absolutely could use the shooting. So, Coop, you have the 11th pick, and that's the Spurs. All right. So, um, I think this one is pretty obvious for the Spurs, at least. And, um, you know, the Spurs love their international guys. I'm going to go international Denny. Avdija. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. If someone has the correct correct pronunciation, go ahead. Close enough. Um, but <laughs> six nine, small forward, um, who's very versatile. Like he can play from the two all the way down to the four. Um, he's got you know high basketball IQ, solid uh, shot. Needs to improve and get more consistent. Um, but certainly a guy who can become a shooter. Um, he's good with the ball in his hands, especially for a six nine. I can pull up, and you know I think he'd be a great fit. I think the three spot is a need for them. Um, you know, when you factor in they've they've got the Rosen who can kind of play either or, um, but he can also slide to the four. I think like um, you know, as far as player comparison, he kind of gives me like Hito Turkoglu vibes. Mm. Um, as far as I think his ceiling and, and like, like Turkoglu with the magic was very, very productive. And I think a little bit ahead of his time, um, you know, you know, I think he would have been a, a very good stretch for, and I think like Denny will probably end up being like more of a stretch for who can also put the ball on the floor, you know? Um, so I think, and I think with the Spurs, a team that moves the basketball and has a ton of high IQ players, I think he's an excellent fit for the Spurs. Yeah. Denny can kind of do it all. Um, six, nine, like you said, he's, if, if you watch the tape on him, he's definitely confident. You know, he's not afraid to go score. Um, my biggest knock is he's a 52% free throw shooter. That's got to improve. Uh, he can definitely shoot it from anywhere. He is a little bit street athlete. Um, he's got deceptive speed. Um, I, I like Danny, but he's one of these guys. He's kind of hard to grade because of, you know, he's, in, he's playing in Israel. Taylor's our uh, European player expert, though. <laughs> No, do not give me that title. I'm not proud of that title. And I'm not an expert. I'm not an expert. I'm not an expert. Most of the time, it's not even the EuroLeague games or the big games that I'm even – I'm just going to – we're going to move on from that. But uh, from this guy, he does have great vision, great court, great overall feel for the game. Um, I love that Turkoglu comp. That's a great comp. You know, Turkoglu was, you know, a lot of times asked to be a primary ball handler in that on that Magic team. Right, so I think I think that's kind of the role he'll fit best. Be a three, um, be be like maybe like the second team primary ball handler. 
Um, very crafty. Shooting is is streaky. He does he doesn't have a bad looking shot just to, to look at it. And you know, like Mike said, he is a confident guy. Like I don't know, I, I can see that developing. Um, two big things is the European unknown. Um, when he did play in the in the Euro League. He did only score four points a game in a limited yeah. role, which is understandable. He's a young kid. And another thing is I kind of get the vibe where he's kind of good at everything. And what's he what's he going to excel at, especially in a spot like getting picked 11th? The Spurs, they're looking for role players, plug-and-play guys. I mean, I think if anybody's going to do it, I think it's the Spurs that could make him a fit immediately. Um, but I think this is a, I think this will be a couple-year project for – for whoever takes him, whether it be the Spurs, I, I like that fit for him. I think that that'd be a good good spot to land. But I mean, I I like Denny. I like Denny here, and I did have the pronunciation last night. But then I looked at it again, and that's all it took. All I had to do was look at the name again. <laughs> <laughs> he he's actually got potential to be a like draft and stash guy. Maybe he yeah. he draft him and then he goes and he plays in Europe one more year because he he yeah. was on limited minutes. The fear is he's more Dario Saric than Hito Turkoglu. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's maybe where he ends up being. I like him, though. You know, a higher upside. So, um, okay, so you went there with the Spurs. I've got the 12th pick, which is the Kings. And I am kind of torn on what to do here. Because on one hand, I would like to take a guard to put next to De'Aaron Fox. But at the same yeah, time... You got Buddy, but, you know, who knows how my Buddy's going to be there. But I – so I think I'll take a higher upside guy, and I'll, I'm going to take another Florida State guy here, uh, Patrick Williams, power forward from Florida State. So plays multiple positions on offense and defense. Um, one of these guys who is going to come into the league and be able to guard guys immediately, basically, um, you know. I won't say explosive again, but he's a very he, – he, he is a notable athlete. He, he has all of the – you know, and, and he can shoot it a little bit too. He's a little bit streaky. He'll, he's not afraid to shoot the three. Uh, what do he shoot? 32% from three, and I think he was 80 – yeah, 84 free throw line. I think he's got the potential to be a stretch four. Um, you know, the, the downside comparison would be Derek Williams probably because, um, you know, he was the guy who, who was – this athletic has a higher upside. He's the guy who, who shot up the, the mock drafts throughout the year. So I like him as an upside pick for the Kings. You got anything on Patrick Williams, Coop? Yeah, um, I think he's – I think that's a good fit for him uh, is the Kings. I think if Vassal had fallen a little bit, um, that would have been ideal for them. But I think the next best option there at 12 is Patrick Williams, like you said. Um, projects a two-way guy like you said if he you know gets more confident confident shooting it from the three um, he's a a guy who can switch into multiple positions as well like you said he could probably guard you know one through four and, and play two through four um, you know as far as where you're putting him in on the floor so um, and that's kind of what the Kings need you know you got I think they have Harrison Barnes playing the three right now you know which isn't ideal but he'd be able to come into a situation where not much is expected from him offensively. So yeah. he can kind of focus in on his defense and, and hone in that, you know, ability, which would give him the most value at that pick. 
Yeah, I like Patrick Williams as well. You know, six seven, six eleven wingspan, um, multiple def- multiple position defender. Um, I like that he could he could play the two through four. He could guard the two through four. Um, you know, he can still grow, still develop into a, a more efficient scorer. But I do like that pick right there. Okay, so then Taylor is back on the clock with the thirteenth pick, which is. New Orleans. They're a tough team to pick for because they've got such a good young core already. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we, we talked about point guard earlier. Um, and I think we had, what, Cole Anthony, Kira Lewis. We really like – I've watched a lot of Kentucky basketball, more, probably more than anybody else, them and Duke. I love Tyrese Maxey, mm-hmm. right? Um, especially for New Orleans here, um, I, you know, I think of him as like a Drew Holiday type player. Um, he is a tenacious defensive player. You know, he's a, uh-huh. he's a gamer, you know, there's not nothing he's really, really exceptional at, you know, shooting percentage is kind of low he shot 30% from three, um, 42% from the field, but you know, he hits big shots. He's a good, yeah. good finish, good finisher around the rim. Um, one thing that really impresses me is the way he can draw contact off bigger, bigger players and still finish. He's got the floater, you know, he can create space, you know, streaky shooter, but man, he's just a bulldog on defense. What I, what I see him, especially at 13. um, Now, you know, you can see, you'll see statistics about the draft where if you're not picking in the top five, then you're picking role players and it's a crap shoot after that. Right. I love him as a six man for a couple of years. You know, especially, you know, Drew Holiday's still there, but I, you know, I, I really like that in New Orleans. Uh, good defensive, you know, hustle player off the bench. Um, mm. Six-man kind of guy is what, is what I see him being immediately and being a valuable six, six-man six guy right now. Good point guard skills, you know, not great passer, but um, I think he worked really, really well with the, with the guards, um, you know, Hagens and Quickly. In, at Kentucky, I really like that Kentucky team for whatever reason. I think he can work well with with Lonzo Ball, Drew Holiday, um, and and you know Josh Hart. I think in Zion, of course, I think he'll be, I think he'll be a good. A uh, little bit undersized, only six three. Um, for his, you know, he's kind of a hybrid point guard, shooting guard, good finisher at the rim. That's for sure. He has a way of of getting contact and getting to the line. Um, I know me and you both like guys who can get to the line. Good length, though. He's 6'3", but he has good length, um, high wingspan. The, the, the handle is where the work needs to be put in, working on that. He doesn't quite have – you know, his first step isn't great. doesn't quite have that burst um, when driving off the dribble. That's probably where he needs to work the most. But he definitely has the clutch label, right? Um, yeah. And, and whatever, you take that for what it's worth in college. But he has that. Uh, I think that matters. Uh, Coop, what's your grade on Maxi? Um, I really like Maxie. I, I agree um, with Taylor that, especially in like a six-man role um, where you don't necessarily have to, you know, have a ton of efficiency, you know what I mean? And he can be a guy that comes in off the bench to create some offense, but also um, be a tenacious, you know, a uh, guy on the defensive end who hounds, you know, the ball handlers. So, so the starting, I think he has, you know, the ability to, to defend and, and be that kind of, I wouldn't say three and D, but a, you know, a good another option for them if you know get hot. So really, you know, if he ever you know figures out the efficiency, 
could be looking at a pretty good scorer there for, for years to come. Yeah. Great, Coop. You have the last pick of the lottery, which is Portland. Yeah, so this one's a tough one. Um, they're kind of locked. They're kind of locked in the center with a uh, um, white side and Nurkic yep. there. Um, they have Melo now at the four. Not sure what his future is in Portland. Um, but at this point in the draft, not a ton of two-way wings or anything like that. Um, I'm going to go with Precious Ichua from Memphis, however. Um, I think he fits what they need the most, yeah. um, which is – you know, some athleticism and a guy with some length and some defensive ability. Um, you know, I think he, if he gets a little bit more fluid as an athlete, you can even possibly slide into the three and he can defend threes. But um, I think his, be his best opportunity to be like a slashing four um, has to improve his jump shot, which, uh -huh. you know, he shot a decent percentage, but like on one attempt a game. So not really much to, that, that shows a lack of confidence in, in his shot. So that has to improve. Um, Cause then he can really develop into a stretch four, a two way stretch four, which would be super valuable for, especially for the Blazers. Um, you know, so I think fit wise, I think he's probably the best option there kind of has like a Mo Harkless, you know, so that's who I would take if I'm, if I'm Portland here. I think that he actually got hurt in this draft because of Wiseman not playing. Because coming yep. into this year, it was supposed to be him and Wiseman, and Memphis was, was set up to have a really good year. And I think that they would have probably had more attention, and the game would have been a lot easier for him. Um, so I like him. He's a little bit clumsy right now. Yeah. Uh, he's got, he got Bambi tendencies. Um, but, yeah, I, I like the pick for Portland. Kaylee, you like him? I like him. You know, 6'9", kind of undersized, but, you know, he can play multiple positions. Good wingspan. 7'2", is, is a wingspan. Um, I didn't have a ton on him, but I, I totally agree with what Mike said. Like, I was excited to watch Memphis play before the season, and then once Wiseman went on, I didn't watch one game. Right. I honest, honestly got it. I mean, maybe one – they're playing South Florida. It's some dumb Saturday morning game. So, but, you know, I like his size. I like his athleticism, um, physical, athletic guy. You know, I, multiple position kind of player, three or four, I think, would is probably where he's going to land. Um, no, I like that pick to close out the lottery there. Okay, so Atlanta taking Edwards, Washington taking Wiseman, Cleveland taking Okongwu, Chicago taking Tyrese Halliburton, Golden State taking Isaac Cora. Minnesota getting LaMelo Ball, Detroit getting Obi Toppin, the Knicks getting Killian Hayes, the Hornets getting Devin Vassell, Suns got Aaron Nismith, Spurs got Denny Avija, we think is his last name, the Kings got Patrick Williams, the Pelicans got Tyrese Maxey, and the who, – who'd you say Portland got, Eli? Uh, Precious Achua. Okay, so Precious Achua. And then I had the 15th pick with Orlando, and I took Paul Reed, but we won't get into that. Um, <laughs> so that is the lottery. Who are – did you have any other guys on your list, Taylor, that you really like? Just just maybe throw a couple names out that you like that we didn't go over. So one guy that I like, and actually, you know what, I'm going to – I'll just say a couple things about Cole Anthony because he was the only other guy on my list. And I'll, let, I'll let Coop do most of the talking about that because, um, you know, had a good pedigree with Greg Anthony. Um, missed a lot of games with 
that were like important North Carolina games. North Carolina was kind of terrible, but I think that he missed a big part of that ACC schedule that kind of, you know, kind of you know, had him drop off the cliff. Um, he scores 18 points a game. He one thing that I see from him is other than sometimes poor shot selection is just a just an uncanny ability to be in the right spot for rebounds. Now, yeah. as you know, Mike, I'm not a huge rebounding guard kind of guy, but those aren't selfish rebounds. Those are – he's there. Like, he, yeah. he's just always kind of there um, for yeah. those boards. I do like him, explosive athlete, good point guard abilities. Um, and then another thing that I did – there were multiple reports, some reports that he may or may not be the best teammate. So, I don't know. I'm not going to go too too far into that, but um, – from what I see, I don't. There's nothing, nothing too terribly wrong with them. I, I like them. I think there's a lot of potential with. If somebody gets them after 14, after the lottery, I think this is. I think this is a risk that a lot of teams should and will take, would take, really quickly after the lottery if he falls this far. Yeah, yeah. I think Orlando would have been a good fit for him at 15. Yeah. Um, because they kind of, I think they're kind of in need of a, a point guard. Well, they have faults. Mark Oh, uh, yeah, right, right, right. I'm not done Fultz with Mark Alfold. Okay. No, not I'm not done with Mark Alfold. No, but you're right, um, you I, could, I like that. You could, and you could possibly pair both of them in the backward. Fultz can, yeah. you know, play a little bit of the two. I think he's more comfortable at the one, but can also play at the two. So can Cole Anthony, you know, play off the ball. So, um, but I think, like, Cole Anthony will be a better pro, I think, or a more efficient pro, I would expect, than um, college player because the floor spacing changes, right, and the pace changes. Like, if you can get him in a in a system where he can push the ball down the floor, like, you know, if, if like, where's the magic? I think they'd have, you know, pretty good floor spacing, and, um, you know, you really focus on tempo with him and allow him to get out in transition is where he's his most dangerous. Um, I think that would really help. I think he's got to become a more consistent shooter, especially for someone who shoots it as much as he did, which 35% isn't bad. Um, but, and I think, you know, that maybe that's a little bit lower because of shot selection, like Taylor said. Um, but I, I think he has star quality, man. Like I think he has star potential, um, has shown that he can be an explosive athlete at times as well. Um, you know, so I, it's really going to be – but in this lottery, there was no real fit for him other than the Knicks. Like, yeah. other than that, you know, the other point guards that were in this were really were better fits for the teams that really needed point guards. And there's not a ton of teams that need point guards. So, like, wherever he lands, he's going to end up battling probably with with a young, you know, point wow. guard that, that a team has recently drafted or, or whatever the case may be. So um, he has a bit of an uphill battle. Um, but I think he's, like you said, you, you get him outside the lottery, I think that's a, a steal. Yeah, the biggest knock was the shot selection. But, I mean, he was playing on a bad team. Um, yeah, that's you know, another a thing. Really bad team, and they all had injuries. And the other thing, too, about him is the injury prone. He had injuries in high school and, and in North Carolina, so you wonder about that. But he can definitely score. He's got a sweet-looking side step-back uh, move. I like, I like his potential. I don't know if I'd use a lottery pick on him. Um, Coop, did you have any other guys that are worth even mentioning? Yeah, um, I think we got to talk about RJ Hampton, um, who's I want. I really wonder what his draft stock would look like had he gone to college. Um, because be I don't think the 
Yeah, right. I, and I don't think the Australia experiment worked out for him as much as it did Lamelo Ball, um, who I think his his stock actually shot up with with him not going to college. So, um, you know, he's long, athletic point guard. Could also play the two. Um, I think he has potential to be a good defender. Obviously, he has to improve there, like we mentioned earlier. Um, but he has the potential. Um, I think upside's really good for him. It's really big for him, but um, he could also be a bust. So, you know, the later that you get him, the better because the less risk. Um, so RJ Hampton was a guy that came to mind. Um, and Nico Mannion. I like Nico Mannion a lot. Mm. Um, especially as like a potential like off the bench scorer, you know, scoring, scoring point guard. Um, I think there's later a sneaky in, athlete right there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. I, and I think towards the end of the first round, depending on where he falls to, you know, maybe he, they could find a good fit for him. Maybe Dallas at 21. Uh, yeah. I, and regarding RJ Hampton, um, we'll give Taylor a chance to talk about him. Cause I know he watched at least one of his games. He was more of a, just from what I watched, it's pretty, pretty. In the NBA preseason, his team played against a couple of NBA teams. I think they played against the Thunder and the Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. And pretty much whoever he was guarding was taking him to the hoop. Um, but he's got, you know, he's good uh, transition scorer, I think. His shot is a bit tricky, but from the waist up, his shot looks pretty good. From the waist down, it looks pretty bad. His feet are sometimes – he does like a weird funky thing where they're right now. RJ Hampton, I don't know. It, there's a there's a lot of unknown. I think uh, I think Lamelo Ball almost benefited too much. I don't know what it was about his NBL career. You know, maybe it's the flashy plays. Maybe it's. I mean, I I love Lamelo Ball, but you know, RJ didn't get a lot of attention in the NBL. I think he only played a couple games, if I'm not mistaken, this past season. But you know, good size, good length. I think he's uh, you know he'll be a versatile player. You know combo guard um i like him i like him in definitely in the first round definitely in the top 20 i could see him going for sure um i think it's a good risk yeah. to take he's a risk so some of the other guys i had i had curious jr uh from alabama as a lottery pick paul reed from depaul i think he is the best defender in the draft uh you know offenses where there's big question marks but I like Paul Reed. Uh, he's kind of an older player. Tyrell Terry, uh, point guard from Stanford. I really like him. He shoots threes really well. He's super undersized, though. He's only 6'1". The knock on him is a lot of people think he should go back to school. Um, and then the, other, the only other guy that I would have in my top 20 is uh, Jamius Ramsey from Texas Tech. I think he's a guy who is going to come in the league and, and be able to score the basketball right away. Um, but besides that, that's, that's all the main guys. So I did mention Cole Anthony. Uh, the other guy that I like is Sadiq Bay out of Villanova. Oh, yeah, yeah. I do like him. He's a, he's kind of another uh, another role player. I think he, he could fit in with a, a variety of different teams. It's like a 3 and D wing. Um, good size, can guard the other team's best player. I mean, he did that a lot in the Big East. Um, you know, guarding, you know, Jordan Howard from Marquette or whatever it may be. Um, 16 points a game, 45% from the three. Um, I, I do like Bay. I think he's – Long player, um, can defend multiple positions, can hit, can knock down the three, and you know, for a lot of teams, in the if you're drafted in the first round, especially late in the first round, if he drops that far, 
what else do you really want, you know? So, um, Sadiq Bay. I like Sadiq Bay as well, especially if I'm a team who's competing already for a championship. You know, maybe he's in the, the 24 to 30 ra- uh, range getting picked by a contender. Um, I can definitely, I can definitely say he's a Villanova guy. Yeah. So out Eli's way. Yeah. Yep. Okay, well, that's all the uh, NBA draft stuff we have for today. We were able to keep it within an hour and a half, uh, so that's that's good. Thank you, Taylor, for joining us to do the uh, NBA mock draft. Taylor is going to be joining us for other stuff, NBA, NFL. We're going to do some golf maybe, me and him. Um, I think about 65% of my appearances will probably be talking about gambling in one way or another. So this is this is a nice refreshing yeah deep dive you know to do this to look into the draft and like now I can't wait I'm excited for the draft right like that's what I was I was looking at it, I was scouting all these guys and I was like oh my gosh I can't I've never I haven't been this excited about the NBA draft in a while maybe it's the maybe it's the quarantine and lack of sports yeah hundred percent yeah. Kind of sad that it's it's going to be pushed back so far now, um, but you know I think it's uh you know I I, I did love this. Um, I'd like to do one of these one a week where we shuffle it around even right. more. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, excellent um, you know takes and you know like I said, there's a, there's a lot of upside in this draft, man. A lot of quality players. Um, you know I think there's a lot of guys who will get overlooked just from like the fan perspective. Um, but we'll end up being like quality players, you know, I think for some teams. So excellent looking drafting. Yeah. All right. Well, let's wrap this episode up then, Eli. Uh, talk to the people about what we got coming up here. Yeah. So coming up uh, on our next show, which we record on Sunday, you guys will see Monday. Um, we have a very special guest, uh, former NFL lineman, uh, Ethan Cooper. Uh, former IUP legend uh, will be joining us to, you know, talk about some things that he's going on, talk about his journey, um, you know, through the NFL combine and into the NFL and what his day to day was like, things like that. So definitely going to be some interesting convo there, um, you know, for you guys to to hear the perspective of a former professional um, in the NFL. So I'm excited to have him on for Monday show. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. Uh, so as an IUP alumni, definitely excited to talk to, to him. He's an IUP legend and uh, also a Steeler fan. His first team was with the Steelers. That's where he went after he graduated from, after he finished his time at IUP. Uh, so definitely excited for that. Make sure you guys are checking in with the website, allinnetwork.net. I'm going to have my big board up there probably tomorrow. And um, also, like we mentioned, Dan Thiel just posted a, a, an article on there a really, really thoughtful, well-written article um, about everything going on right now in America. So make sure you check that out. Uh, subscribe to us on YouTube if you haven't yet. Subscribe to us on Apple if you haven't yet. Um, we appreciate everything you guys are doing, listening and, and sharing us. So thank you, guys. Yeah, appreciate you. Episode 12, All In Podcast, signing off. Yeah, thanks, th- guys. Thanks again, guys. See you, guys. Yep.